the studio this week appears to have been taken over and turned into some kind of campaign office. There are banners with hops written on them. There are little flags and pin badges with slogans such as Hands off Hutton, Small Pads Good, Big Pads Bad and Feck No, We Won't Grow. There are a number of station regulars parading up and down and chanting things. Placards stating important points like This just won't do and Down with this sort of thing. Someone in the corner is selling bottles of what could be homemade lemonade or then again could just be bottles of recycled bodily fluids. Similar colour. They're all turfed out. Flossie threatens a few with a good panning, just in time for the host for this evening to say... Our mics are live at last. Good evening, good evening, and welcome to this week's show. We've an action-packed hour and a half coming up for you. Do we? I should have brought my hiking boots. Well, I've got my DMs. Dr. Martins? No, deerskin moccasins. These are my indoor shoes. Oh, they look comfy. Fur lined. That is genuine mock seti rabbit for us. Poor mock rabbits. That's cruelty, that is. Now you're taking the mickey. You're mocking my mock moccasins, yeah, bam. I have no idea at all where this conversation is going. Right, now shush before I put the boot in. Best foot forward. <sighs> Time to go toe-to-toe with the news. Base assaults, now with batteries. We shine a light on this story. Sticky fingers, slightly less sticky after PF legal ruling. Dumpster diving dav in no hope a dav's hope worry. Hutton Orbital Preservation Society hops to it. Lost in space! Lost in stats, more like. I cast an eye over Alvin's domain. And my roving eye is going a little further afield with the community events this week. In recent weeks, and in a protest against the ongoing campaign by Pilots Federation members to steal just about anything that they could lay their hands on, and cause sleepy, sleepy night-night time for any scavengers, or indeed settlement security patrolling, the trade body representing security personnel has staged a campaign to highlight their plight. The Settlements Association of Security Staff, or SAS, turned off their torches and fitted all personnel with night vision. With well over 50% of the settlements in the bubble, in the night side of their respective planets, uh, many tidally locked planets have settlements on the dark side to protect them from solar radiation, this has meant that station security have been able to do their jobs in relative safety, sneaking around like ninja warriors and creeping up on unsuspecting scavengers before giving them a jolly good drubbing. There were rumours that the real reason behind it was that someone had stolen all the batteries. 
definitely not looking at Commander Rampage here, but settlements were speedy to reassure everyone that unlike opinion polls, which are deeply popular but frowned upon on Galtwit, batteries are in plentiful supply, and the change was absolutely deliberate. The Pilots' Federation Safety Inspectorate has stomped down hard on this practice, though, citing a rash of personal injury insurance claims from oafish security personnel who had stubbed their toe, tripped over a box, fallen down a big pit and accidentally stood in the beam of a mining laser as a result of not being able to see where they were going properly. That and the settlements themselves were none too happy at a massive engineer material requirement for supplying all of their staff with night vision. They have insisted that all security personnel should use a standard-issue lamp when patrolling at night, with the prerequisite cool white bulb installed. The use of red, blue and even brown bulbs is frowned upon, brown lights being a new invention by scientists working for Professor Palin after extensive study of Thargoids, post-Thargoid commander flight suits and hitherto unexplainable scientific phenomena. In retaliation, the SAS have been issuing their security personnel with new training, rocket launchers, uprated lasers and a big black nightstick for thwacking you over the head if they catch you. Due to shortages, there are rumours that Wanda of Wanda's Massage and Personal Relaxation Emporium is rather upset that supplies of her Ladytron 7000 personal entertainment devices have been repurposed as offensive weapons and sold to the military, leaving her customers decidedly unsatisfied. Remaining on the subject of scavenging, the lighter-fingered Hutton truckers yeah, we're looking at you again, Commander Rampage, have been hampered in the last week or so by another safety ruling by the Pilots' Federation. Whilst loitering is a crime punishable by extreme laser doom, a hair-trigger response to every exciting situation and the resulting premature activation of your lasers often leads to an angry response from your intended target. There's one thing that's not a crime. Crime. Yes, the art of looting a base without any consequence whatsoever has been classified as mostly legal in many systems. Yes, if someone catches you with a pad full of cat vids, you've looted from a base or pocketfuls of titanium that may have been previously owned by someone else, they'll get quite upset and put the alarms on. The actual act of taking them is not illegal. As a result, the Pilots' Federation noticed that the sticky-fingered, klepto-inclined pilots of the galaxy had developed a habit of just casually picking up everything they find lying around, like some kind of power-suited, heavily-armed womble. This led to a number of incidents of, I didn't realise it was yours, what, this, never seen this before in my life, and you must have planted it on me, you dirty, rotten cop by absent-minded commanders with deep pockets and a liberal approach to the concept of ownership. To solve this, the Pilots' Federation installed a new software inhibitor in flight suits, freezing them for a whole second when picking up something that didn't belong to you, or attaching an e-breach to a terminal to prevent you accidentally hacking into and robbing something presumably. On picking something up, you are now required to look at it for a second, look around to see if anyone spotted you, clean your nails, wipe your visor, and then stick it in your backpack. 
For a big cabinet, this turned a high-speed arm sweep into your pack into an item-by-item careful process. After a protest by pilots that actually taking something wasn't illegal, and of course, that they were time-limited and didn't want to wait to get caught as having the items is definitely illegal, they reversed their decision, and you can now once again rob a settlement to your heart's content. Gav's Hope has long been one of the best sources in the galaxy for the odds and sods that you need for engineers. That left-handed 316 Scripply, the jaw and strong in the arm, who do you call it? Gav's Hope. Commander Dav is a hoarder. All old bits of software, SCART cables, USB dongles, anything at all can be found lying around in his yard. But demand for Dav's diddly doodars has outstripped supply. As fast as it rolls, car boot sales, scrapyards, the aftermath of interstellar wars, commanders are repurposing and upcycling anything it can lay its hands on faster than he can limp at them all up. There are rumours that at Dav's hope you now have no hope of finding what you need and commanders are looking for New York locations. Dom's Corner, Sally's Salvage, Arthur's Daily, maybe even Bourbon's Grotto, though we think that's on Raxler. The Jameson site has been relentlessly looted and people have even taken to more percussive means of obtaining their goodies by creating their own scrap in resource sites. We have reached out to Commander Dav, but he was busy dumpster diving and didn't have a second to talk to us. The Brewer Corporation have submitted a controversial planning request today for Hutton authorities to add a large pad to the station. A spokesperson for Brewer said, although the medium pad was large enough for us to park a python on, it just does not have the facilities to support the larger ships needed to keep up with the demand for tritium. It makes sense to add just one large pad to the orbital. Oh, and an executive lounge and a gift shop, obviously. And maybe some fancier shops. And would it kill you people to build a decent restaurant in this place? Since the introduction of fleet carriers, the demand for tritium has skyrocketed. Get it? Skyrocketed? Yeah, okay, I'll move on. Refinery stations have been overrun by demands for the new wonder fuel, and this heralds a move by Brewer to streamline the extraction and supply process. The Brewer Corporation are not without controversy. The fleet carrier manufacturers initially sold their megaships to commanders coated in paint which did not survive jumps through witch space, resulting in paint crews having to accompany early models everywhere and providing brightly coloured retrieval wallets instead of escape pods to seal themselves into in the event of a crash. These later turned out to be badly disguised body bags. Hutton locals have begun a sit-in protest outside of the Brewer Corporation office in an effort to force the company to reconsider their plans amid fears that the large pad would change the fundamental cheerful grottiness which defines the station and its inhabitants. Supported by the newly formed Hutton Orbital Preservation Society, they're telling everyone exactly why this is a really bad idea. One yokel said, if they add a large pad to the, and then put a tight line on it, and then the station will tip over and we'll all slide down one end. Another commented, we don't like blow-ins, they have strange ways. 
A spokesperson for Red Planet Taxi Service, a budget travel company based on the station, was more optimistic, saying, This is a great idea. If we could hog a large landing pad with one of our haulers, it would make your drivers feel really good about themselves and would be great advertising for the company. Bring it on. He then ran off pursued by locals with pitchforks and flaming torches. This reporter thought, get your trithium somewhere else, it's bound to be nicer and you're less likely to get food poisoning or gangrene. Also, why do they have pitchforks in the space station? Universal Cartographics was rocked by a scandal this week as it was squarely blamed for a hack attack that left commanders confused as to exactly where rescue ships were in various systems. While shipboard systems are built under license to the Pilots Federation, who tightly control the control methods, visual displays and ship management microsystems, the positioning data relayed to your ships comes from Universal Cartographics' megacomputer. Supercomputers having been phased out in the 2900s as they were way too slow for faster-than-light computations. All stations, megaships, Fleet carriers and installations are equipped with a cartographic location and identification transmitter. Um, we won't be broadcasting the shortened acronym for, for that, as it's it's naughty. We'll, we'll use an initialism so we don't get pulled off the air. The CLIT is a tiny device fitted in a hard-to-reach area of the station, usually right next to the black box, and has only one purpose. Uh, get your mind out of the gutter. Seriously, this this is an important story. We can't help it if they choose that name. It's there to make sure your ship systems know where the major body that it's attached to is. It broadcasts on a sub-witch space frequency that's near instant throughout the galaxy and helps everyone keep a track on everyone else. However, there have been reports that person, persons, governments, or organizations unknown, in fact, it, it could even be the Thargoids, have been messing with the CLIT and misreporting its location. This led to an emergency call from the Pleiades Sector KC-V C2-11 system, where the rescue ship allocated to Kipling Orbital, <laughs> they do make exceedingly good cakes there, had disappeared up its own fundament and was reporting that it was inside a nearby planet. Shipboard navigation systems were directing pilots to the inside of said planet, with the ship systems searching in vain for an accurate position for the megaships uh, CLIT. After a swift security patch, the hack was uncovered and a number of other misreported locations were discovered, including Perry Depot in Epsilon Indy and, of course, Hutton Orbital, which everyone knows is 0.22 light years from the jump point, but is to this day still reporting only 0.21 light years, which is a travesty. It is rumored that a faulty CLIT was responsible for the misjump of the Gnosis and at, la at least two fleet carriers said to be en route to Colonia are now reporting their position as somewhere out and about near Beagle Point. Of course, they could both be owned by Hanky. The software aboard megaship CLITs has been hardened to prevent future mislocation, 
though there is ongoing work to ensure that no one else ever miss ever is misguided as to their exact position. Things have been mostly humming along this week in Hutton space, tickety-boo with few dramas. Narnia has both recovered from its infrastructure failure and brought down its influence to sensible levels through the tried and tested method of just ignoring the problem and letting it go away. The pirates that were successfully cleared out of Hill Pass size seem to have moved on to Van Marlen Star, so if you have a permit, jump in there and help the hotboxes evict them with a modicum of prejudice. If you don't have a Van Marlen Star permit, why not? We have two systems below 40% this week. Barnard Star and Ross 671 are on 35%, needing immediate attention. No other factions are in conflict in Barnard Star, locking up it. And now is a good time to go in there and improve matters. We have an outbreak pending in Epsilon Eridani, which is on only 41%, so let's see some fleet carriers stocked up with meds and on station ready for when it hits. At the top end of the Systems League, we have seven systems above 60%, with two on 74. During the week, Hutton expanded into the LP410-93 system, and happily, we are losing the war 2-0 against the Confederacy of Bialtaka to gain entry because it already has a player faction in control, it's a bit of a dump, don't we already have enough LP systems and one more just makes things confusing? Meanwhile in Colonia, Grand Moff Hankey asked that truckers work for Hot Colin Pythias. No pay, no accommodation, just work, no bonus, no tax, no questions, just work. Priorities this week are, if you want to truck something, boost hot and influence in Barnard Star and Ross 671. If you want to shift something, make sure Hutton loses two more days in the war in LP 410-93 and clear the pirates out of VMS. We've got a nice mixture of events again this week. Some ongoing expeditions, one that's finished and news of two different ways that you could spend your weekend. Firstly... It's Comfy Cannon Cruise News Time, sent by Commander Mephisto. Waypoint 60 of the Comfy Cannon Cruise featured a diverse assortment of peduncle trees and pods. After three days of rest, their consul resumed route to a tritium mining spot, where she is now staying to refuel. Commander Yannick brings us the final update from the Apollo 15 50th Anniversary Expedition. The curtain has come down upon what is one of the most starred expeditions in the pilots the Pilots Federation has ever seen. The final tally was 571 commanders who joined up, making it the fifth most successful in history and one that will be long remembered. Our final destination was the home of the legendary peaks of David and Goliath, some of the largest mountain ranges in the galaxy and a truly spectacular site that I recommend all commanders see at least once. After the mass landing of ships on the 50th anniversary of Apollo 15's lunar touchdown, we celebrated those who had gone before us into the black. 
This happened with a plethora of mountain climbs, SRV cliff diving, crazy ship races and the infamous Drunken Donkey Demolition Derby, an event in which SRVs set out to wreck each other in as entertaining a way as possible. We, the expedition organisers, would like to thank the galactic media like Hutton Orbital Radio and all the other great media organisations that followed our trip into the unknown. But mostly, we'd like to thank all the commanders who were on the expedition. You were the expedition. We salute you all. That's Commander Yannick and the Apollo 15 Expedition Staff, 07. Mission Liaison Commander Nicole Dyson has smuggled out a message from the Rook Platoon Explores the Land Down Under expedition out in the southeastern corner of the galaxy. After leaving the Australis Ferris Wheel, we go to the third phase of the expedition where all carriers will be making paths that cross the gap between the arms of the galaxy again. The three expedition carriers will be making different routes on their way to the third waypoint. Our guests continue to make fascinating discoveries of their own to fill in the absence of anything notable on the largest phase of the expedition. Commander Hunter has given us a reminder of what is now to be a two-day event this weekend. Hello everyone, have you ever wanted to rescue a fellow pilot? Then this is your chance to get to know the organisation behind rescuing ships that need repairs badly. The Hulk Seals. Get to learn how to rescue ships that are in dire need of help out there in the black or even in the bubble. The New Pilots Initiatives and the Wholesales are organising a rescue training day on Saturday 7th and Sunday the 8th of August. All information and coordination will be held on our Discord, which is discord.gg slash newp. Will you be the next Wholesale recruit? See you there, 07. If you want to join up beforehand, visit wholesales.space. And finally, Commander Okayam is arranging Oki's North of the Bubble Tour, a laid-back sightseeing jaunt to some of the galactic wonders in our own backyard, and it's starting pretty soon, tomorrow, 6th of August in fact. He describes the expedition like this. Oh, I realised the other day that there are some amazing locations between the bubble and Sajay that, despite being so close, I've not yet visited. So I'm planning this tour to correct that oversight. I'm intending this to be a slow-paced exploration and sightseeing trip, averaging between two and four waypoints and two and five thousand light-years a week. Uh, one longer week at 8,000 light years, over, I don't know, eight-ish weeks. Not expecting a lot of first discoveries, but plenty of opportunities for first footfalls, exobiology discoveries and um, shenanigans. If you fancy joining in or want some advice on ship builds first or just want to chat about it, Commander Okayam wants to hear from you and details are on our Facebook events page. There are lots of adventures organised by commanders that involve our community and if you want your event to have a shout out, 
contact us on Facebook, Discord or just email itookbart at huttonorbital.com. And relax, everybody. Yes, that's the end of the newsy bit. Asai, you have permission to, to unbutton your top button if you want and you know you know, take your tie off. Yes, I don't like it. So it's all been seamless so far. Absolutely Not seamless, really. yes. Seamless. We managed to we managed to bust the transmitter at the start. So if you're not listening to this on the radio, well, you aren't because the radio I think got broken. The, the transmitter's wonky again. But if you're listening to itch, listen to itch, itch. If you're itching to twitch, if you're twitching to itch, then yes, you can hear us. But everybody else can't. So no, no, no to them. Um, right. So, well, um, I think yeah. that was seamless. I, I, yes. <laughs> I just want to stress that the cartographic location and identification transmitter, while it's very close to the global system position orbital transponder they aren't the same system even though they no. are made by the same company yes yes they're entirely different things those two they're very I mean, close they, they, but not they have right. very Gen- similar functions yeah. Yeah. The, the same general region but different systems yes yeah. Well, one one is a little more sort of um, profound than the other one, but they both do the job nicely. So, yeah, one one's a little more sensitive than the other as well. <laughs> well yeah, yes. Um, anyway, uh, well, thank you very much to the, the news team. We, we don't have a commander Palantir this evening. He is um, being entertaining. I think he's put on the, the, no, the he's makeup. Not. <laughs> he, he is. He's, he's he's got his clown face on, and he he's, has he's, visitors. He's not entertaining. <laughs> oh, so I, I thought he was doing the little balloon animals and um, yeah, magic tricks, pulling flowers out of his sleeve. No, no, not since the injunction. No. I do have to say an enormous thank you to Commander Palantir. Um, with um, Mrs. Mrs. Van Tien Senior's 70th birthday last week, which is why I was not present, um, Mrs. Palantir and, uh, managed to make a, a selection of astonishing baked goodies, which I went to pick up during the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we had afternoon tea in his garden, which was lovely. Um, but no, thank nice. you very much to the pair of them for, for helping Mum's birthday go so well. It's uh, yeah, I think she's still munching her way through all the goodies at the moment. Can I ask just how much of the how much of the garden and its uh, its constituent furniture did Bodie dog eat? Walter Bodie was very well behaved. I mean, he explored it thoroughly and then yeah. just sort of sat on people's laps and looked adorable. <laughs> I mean, they, they are cat people, not dog people, but they, yeah. they did make him feel very very well. So he was his... like a cat. Yeah. Well, <laughs> He made noises and and scratched people a lot. Yes, yeah. he um yeah. It was his first ever outing as well. So his first ever outing outside our house was to Commander Palantir's house, and uh, he was made to feel very very welcome. I think oh, he's yes. downstairs somewhere trying to eat the other dog at the moment. Yeah, there have been fights. But no, uh, thank you very much to the, the team in here. So we don't have a Palantir, but we do have a Flossie. Good evening, Flossie. Good evening. And we we didn't have any CGs last week. No, we didn't. But you've got some news on, some breaking news on new CGs for this week coming up later? Yes, I have, yes. Fantastic. Um, we've also got Commander Chicks. Good evening, Squire. Good evening. And I understand that you've moved to a different position in the studio this evening. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm on the western side of the studio. Right, the bit where sort of dragons be here and things. The, yes, the principality. Although it is in... To be to be fair to any uh, of, of the, the leak munching variety of listener, um, this is Little England beyond Wales. 
Right. Okay. Um, but I mean, I understand you, you managed to leave on the wrong side of the studio. I mean, a part of your uh, broadcasting equipment. So that's over on Flossie's side of the studio. Yes. Um, so you've had to make do with sort of a, a garden bench from mm. Alvin's um, it's a proper last minute lasher. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Are you in a that, G-class? Are you in, are you in that part of the village they called that old English town area? Mm, yes. 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 Mm. Also known as West Western Britain, unlike North Britain, where West, West our, Britain, yes. our apology officer is. Good evening, apology officer. Hello. Obviously, we do need a swift one. Do we? Yes, we do. We would like to apologise for the late departure of the 2030 service to Hutton. This was due to a technical difficulty. Yes, but we got over that now. Just about. I mean, Norm is running around the studio with a fire extinguisher and a big hammer and a big wrench and yeah, doing doing stuff. <clears throat> so we had to fire up the emergency transmitter to get this this broadcast out. It's, it's bypassed like a Christmas I am tree. Going Scotty to, would have said, "I'm going to accept the fault as entirely mine because without Palantir this week, I forgot about the pictures, and then I gave Norm a big bundle of pictures just before the show, and then he tried inserting them into the picture reader, and the picture reader mangled them, and yeah, it's, yeah so it's all my fault. It's yeah. it's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll take that one. Well, <laughs> 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 no comment. Is all I'm going to say. Um, and obviously, we've also got Amelia. Good evening. Hello. Why is it you always end up with the naughty ones? <laughs> I guess so. I'm just lucky. Well, see, I didn't plan it that way. I just wrote the things down in order and just went, yeah, person, person, person. Oh, God, Amelia's got the naughty one again. So um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sorry about that, actually. I'm not sorry at all. And I'm not going to ask the apology officer to apologise on my behalf. Um, I because I, you, I guess you, I'm just the lucky one. Yeah, you yes. do it with a plomb. You do. And in fact, you you actually usually encourages us encourages us to be a little more. Two plums would be more normal, but if you can only a plum, two plum. It's a plum line, yeah. Straight down the gutter, usually with with those articles. (laughs) We did not mean anything rude by it, which is why we didn't say the rude words. Um, We can say it now. It's after nine o'clock. No, we can. No, we're not. You can say clit if you want to say clit. Can I say clit? Are we allowed to say clit? I don't know. You're going to get us pulled off the air. Yeah. We're going to get us pulled what? You'll get us pulled off. <laughs> oh no, it's it's gone downhill really, really rapidly. We've got some good evenings from Phoenix to Fire and from Cully three eighty eight, and I think Cloud Atlas is still rolling around on their back with their legs in the air, laughing at something. Um, I need to take that word out of the script, though. I mean, I, I could rub one out, but I can't. Oh, he no, all no. <laughs> Flossie, where's the pan? Just, just, yes. just get him. <laughs> if, I, if I see anything sticking out, I'll put a blue pen through it, right? <laughs> yes, right. Um, so, so there was a, as usual, a frontier live stream this week. I think it was Zach and Bruce's turn this week. Was yes. Um, um, it's a bit of a strange one this week. I was very, very, very brief. Um, I, I was surprised. I couldn't find it at first, and then I went, "Oh, it's the the the." Uh, the file was about an hour long. And then, as they got into it, they explained that um, it wasn't actually Super Cruise news. Um, that's going to be every fortnight. And for anybody who's listening from the night shift, no, that's not a type of battle royale. A fortnight means every other week. So, yeah, Super Cruise news, less often. So, they did right. some uh, flight assist stuff. But they may have halved the amount of Super Cruise news, but it looks like they've doubled the number of patches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a there was a teeny weeny patch uh, this week, wasn't there? 
Yeah, a patch on a patch. So we had patch six. And then there was a patch on the patch for 6.01. You may have been paying attention during the news to find out a little bit about it. But that um, that one second, I'm going to rob this. Now look around, chit, nobody's looking, and then rob the next thing. That was removed after an outcry. Yes. The and all the bulbs got replaced. Yes. And we do have to say a big 07 as usual to Sally. Yes. Very usual. <laughs> because... Patch note thoroughness. And, and, and wit. Yes, um, but but um, I mean the whole team actually. I, I've noticed the entire team have been sort of piping up and addressing problems and and chatting to people on the on the forum. So you know, good job all round on that one. Uh, apart from Arf, who went on holiday, I think he was on holiday last week. Is he still on holiday this week? He might be. No, he was back today. Oh, he's back. Okay, yeah, I thought he was sunning himself still. No, it was Arthur and Sally that were on today's stream. Ah, right. Well, they've oh, been doing a bit of flight assist, flight assist off challenging, which. As anybody who's watched the charity streams will know, and the the, the flight is set off challenge, and the the I'm going to try undocking and not smacking into things challenges, uh, mm. yeah, it's it's challenging when somebody's watching you. Mm, it's really by screen territory. Yep, um, and obviously we've got a little bit of community news this evening. Some good, some bad. Uh, before we move on, um, we, we're going to start with um, one of the sort of thumbs up kind of bits of news. Um, Mrs. Wingnut seven five seven also known as Anita, uh, was dispatched of a, a, um, a parcel of goodies from Hutton Orbital in recent weeks, which were handed over to the USPS, which is always a dangerous, dangerous thing. I'm sure they're lovely, but they do have a habit of anything from this side of the pond vanishing it very, very quickly. But it did take a couple of weeks to get there. So, apologies, officer, you sent some tablet. Yes. And some oh, we don't mean tablets. It's different. Tablet is different no, no. from tablets. It's um, essentially it's, sugar. Um, sugar. And condensed sugar. milk and some butter and a bit of vanilla essence, but mainly uh, sugar. Every, everything a growing boy needs. Yes. Yep. Except, except your teeth which dissolve in contact. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. the thing is, this is a product that is designed and, and built in Scotland. To make where you vomit. Yes. <laughs> things other than two days of the year. <laughs> things other than two days of the year aren't hot, are they? I mean, Hotland, Scotland, Hotland. Hotland, it's not yes. Hotland, it's Scotland. Um, yes, when it gets to 28 degrees here, ginger people explode. <laughs> yes, they, they go red very quickly <laughs> and then they go bang. Um, but obviously in the destination part of the uh, the night shift over, over the other side of that big yes. expanse of water, the temperatures aren't quite the same. Mm. So it arrived and spent some time with the USPS and then in the post box. Yes. Uh, when they got hold of it, it had gone um, bendy. Oh, nice. It had gone a bit floppy. Yeah. That's so, still tastes the same. So it's gone back in the fridge. But anyway, mm. look, Mrs. Wingnut757 is recovering from a stroke, uh, which... which um, details of which and the signs what? of which and lots of information were published by Wingnut757 the other day to, to help people Was it caused who... by the tablet? Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Hopefully it's, it's going to aid, aid no, her recovery. Yeah. But also um, oh, we wish we wish Mrs Wingnut757 all the very best indeed with her recovery. Um, and obviously um, she is getting the, the best of attention from the kids and the tablet and the coffee. Yeah. I'm not sure sending a packet of hot and coffee to somebody recovering from a stroke may be the best idea. Maybe it wasn't for her. Maybe it was. Oh, maybe it was. Maybe, maybe it was the wingnut. Yeah, yeah. 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 Hot, hot um, and coffee and tablet. That's a, that's an explosive. Yeah. She, 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 she is an incredibly strong lady, and and um, 
Uh, I'm sure she is going to recover at speed. The kids are looking after her, husband's looking after her, so she's going to do well. And all our love from the team over at Hutton Orbital. Yes. Um, we also, unfortunately, got some very sad news this week. Um, one of the more well-known commanders from the Hammers of Slough, Commander Boff, unfortunately passed away in the last week. Uh, he had been ill for a little while, um, but we got the news from his friends over at the Hammers of Slough, and it was a bit of a shock to everybody because we... I mean, most of us have met Boff at various events over the years, whether it's ECM, it's LaveCon, um, it's Fantasticon, and it was a bit, bit of a shock to everybody to hear that um, Commander Boff had passed away. Um, we send all of our love, of course, to his family and to his close friends as well who are feeling his loss quite keenly. He was a lovely, lovely chap, and I think many of us had a lot of lot of time for him, uh, enjoyable conversations and um, fun over at the various events, and it's always a bit of a shock when you get that kind of news. So all of our love from all of us to, to Commander Boff's family. And then we do have, on the other side of the coin, um, some thumbs-up news from Commander Baz. Did anybody see the photographs from Commander Baz in the last couple of days? Yes, I did. <laughs> the, the, the pilot formerly known as Baz, I think. He's got a little squiggle symbol now. Um, he's not called Baz anymore. He has been renamed. He is the Grand Baz. Mm. Yes, our very own good friend Baz of Special Effect is very proudly a grandfather. This Yay. week, Yay. and he has a little mini, 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 mini person in photographs in his arms. A mini and, Baz, yes, and he's absolutely delighted. And mum is doing very well as well. And everybody is over the moon. His smile says everything, really, as to how he's feeling right now after the year that Baz has had in the last year. Um, it's brought the most enormous smile to his face. So, congratulations to uh, the grand Baz and the family Baz on their wonderful, wonderful news. So before we move on to the next bit, does anybody else have anything else for the bantery bit? Aardvark. Aardvark. Aardvarks? Plenty of aardvarks. In which case, um, Commander Flossie... Commander Flossie, are you ready? Have you got your papers lined up? <clears throat> In which case, if you do, Flossie, please take it away, maestro. When the universe is in trouble bug infestations in the bubble your home stations burn rubble what on earth can we do now interstellar initiatives let flossie tell you what it is then you can get involved with this you should Listen to what Flossie says Interstellar Initiative Flossie tells us what she thinks it is Then you can get involved with this Now you should listen to what Flossie says Hello, Flossie here with this week's CG News There were no CGs last week, so nothing to report New CGs Fight for the Federation against new Kuimba Labour's independence and fight for new Kuimba Labour's independence from the Federation. The Federation is fighting to prevent further factions from declaring independence in the Kuimba system. New Kuimba Labour has broken ties with the Federation in protest against the government's civil surveillance programme. 
Lichu Tep for Equality, a local federal faction, has been tasked to degrade the rebelling faction's military strength. President Zachary Hudson made a brief public announcement. I call upon all federal auxiliaries to aid in this conflict. The reputation of the Federation will not be so easily tarnished by these unlawful separatists. Two recently seceded factions, the Coalition of Uteran and Gluskap Labour, are considering rejoining the Federation, depending on the result of the Coimba conflict. Uh, it all gets rather complicated, so see the CG texts for more details. Governor Sono Mishra, the leader of New Coimba Labour, has requested assistance from the Galactic Community. The Federal Accord is no longer fit for purpose. We require support to make a stand against this violation of our constitutional rights. Three other faction, federal factions, Salkana Labour, United HIP 108095 Values Party and Mutumu Future are considering becoming independent entities depending on the result of the Kawimba conflict. These factions currently control 28 systems in the total. Again, see the CG text for details. New Kuimba Labour has offered credit rewards to any pilots willing to help secure its independence by handing in combat bonds at Gagnon Port in the Kuimba system. The two factions have set out seven-day campaigns which will end when the top tier is reached by either faction or early on Thursday the 12th of August 3307. To be eligible for rewards you must sign up as an active participant before handing in combat bonds at either Fortress Liberty or Gagnon Port in the Coimba system. Only combat bonds handed in after signing up will count towards your personal contribution total. And that's it for this week's CG News. Flossie told you what to do. Thank you very much indeed, Commander Flossie. Um, um, Apology, officer. We saw you singing a second ago. Not me. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I did. Kawimbawe, Kawimbawe. I'm not allowed to sing it. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, yes. yes, apparently it's been uh, copyrighted for like, a live radio song. In the station. Anyway, yeah, yes. Um, they're ones yeah. that paint jobs for your ship. That, that, that one, yes. Yeah, that one. Um, oh, they do pick some great names. Kawimba. Yes. That's just a fantastic name. I would go to Kawimba. If somebody said, do you want to go to Kawimba? Well, oh, you could sing Kawimba. <laughs> Labour, Kuwemba, around the fire, fire as well, you know, th- those kind of things. Yeah. Um, we, 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 before we move on to the Beetle Jude and the Wotherspoon, there was mm. one important thing we forgot. Dum, da, da, dum, it, dum, 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 Is it the mini mugs? It's it, it's the mini mugs, yes. Commander, yes. Well, Major General Noctivagus has been making and selling commemorative mini mugs for charity for the last week. Um, I need to find out about this because I want a set of mini mugs. And um, the deadline has now passed by them. Oh, bollocks. However, in the last 19 minutes... Yes. In the last 19 minutes, the Major General has put a message up saying, it's been a fantastic response. We've decided to go one more week. A second batch of mini mugs are in process. Yes! And thanks for all your support. Grab yours before they are gone forever. I shall message him during the Galnet news. I already have some. 
You already have yours? Well, no, I mean, I, I didn't get them last time. I actually did it this time around. So I've got one of each. Right. Well, I'm going to paste a link into the Twitch chat here. So his objective was to raise £500 for special effect and hearing dogs for deaf people, um, which are our two nominated charities here at Hutton Orbital. Of course, Alvin being a hearing dog and uh, special effect being very dear to our hearts. Um, to quote his words, Hutton Mini Mugs, as we know, getting your dirty trucker hands on a real Hutton mug is as rare as finding Raxler. All donations in full will be going to special effect and hearing dogs. Uh, there's an order form to pick your token of thanks, as in what you want, um, on the Just Giving page. You then fill that in and make your donation to the charity, and then the Major General sends you... I mean, these awesome little mini mugs. They have the gold mini mug. They have the silver mini mug. And yes. they have the extra super special... Hutton H Orbital mini mug. Hutton Orbital radio mini mug. The white oh. ones as well. What? Yeah. Yes. What? Uh, we have to give our thanks to the Pilots Federation and to Sally for putting it out in the last newsletter as well. Now, £500... For mini mugs, that's a tall order, but he hasn't just reached five hundred pounds. Has anybody else got the totalizer handy? Thirteen hundred and fifty pounds. One thousand three hundred and fifty pounds raised for charity by giving away commemorative Hutton Orbital mini mugs for charity. Hmm. And you can get different versions as well. You can get yeah. keyring versions, regular versions. It's very cool. It is, it is very cool. And all the details are on the link we just put in the chat. It is going to be running for one more week. But so by the time we get to next week's show, they'll be gone. You can't get them anymore. They are rare. In fact, the mini mugs are even more rare than rare. Oh. We should profile them. They're very good. Yes. Anyway, I, um, shall yes, we'll to, I shall have to get some. And then once I've got some, I can review them. Or, or, yes, you, you, you could put them on the black market, or you could leave them lying around in cabinets no, and settlements and then wait for now, somebody to come and rob them. Well, no, now that I have my mugs hanging on their own these special hooks, what I might do is use a mini mug and put it above the actual mug on the kind of, the, you know, the kind of square bit where the hook is. Oh, and then your I mug had a baby. It. It's so and cute. It'll just, it'll just yeah. Each mug has its own special hook to go on, which it does, obviously, but... Anyway, sorry, uh, for that uh, small small little diddy-biddy diversion there, it, it's sort of time to uh, unleash the, the Galnet News Digest on the Galaxy. And um, Beetlejuice and Wotherspoon will be doing their usual any second now. But, um, Commander Nomsky, if you are ready with this bit, then please do take it away. Galnet News Digest, 5th of August, 3307. We evaluate the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Salvation goes on holiday. What would Marlin think? The scribbling senator does a runner. Salvation goes on holiday. According to his own claim, Salvation will save humanity. What has happened to him? Where is our salvation? Popping out of the woodwork from time to time, this mysterious character called Salvation 
has been guiding us to discover the missing megaships of the Azimuth Corporation and to find out what Azimuth and its rival Farmer Sapien were up to. It turns out that they were trying to use alien technology to make more powerful weapons, something that engineer Ramtar achieved nearly 200 years later and that Aegis Research was trying to do before they so carelessly lost all their Guardian research samples. It seems likely, then, that Salvation is going to give us a new anti-Thargoid weapon, perhaps the sort of weapons that will defeat real Thargoids when they start invading settlements. And we believed him. Commanders fell behind Salvation, not Aegis, in the latest appeal for Guardian objects to analyse and turn into something deadly. And he has a megaship full of such artefacts. But despite this, we haven't heard a peep out of Salvation since the 1st of July, when he said, Thank you very much for all the artefacts, promised to change everything, and then, apparently, disappeared off on holiday without leaving a forwarding address. Should we trust this Salvation, or... Is he living in the south of France, making a living by selling da- by selling Guardian artefacts for the locals to make into cheese? The return of salvation is overdue. We should be worried. What would Marlin think? Marlin Duval was the ancestor of the current Duval dynasty who established the Republic of Achenor. What would she think of the current attempts to establish a new republic to replace the Empire? Well, not very much. She's been dead for nearly a thousand years, having been murdered by her sibling, and that length of time dead really doesn't help with opinion forming. But just assuming she were alive today and that she wasn't getting a bit senile, would she think that the Marlinists had anything going for them? Marlin would probably be smart enough to realise that the Empire isn't going anywhere. A bit of dissent on the fringes, rapidly driven out by decisive action by Senator Petraeus, means that the Marlinists showing their hand through the kind agency of the Neo-Marlinist Liberation Army has resulted in the Empire being stronger than ever, with all the Republicans left disconsolately and not entirely willingly outside the border in a loosely connected and heavily politically divided group of colonies that are rapidly becoming subsumed into the better organised and more powerful factions that border them. The NMLA set off bombs and assassinated a few of the less important Duvals, but now they want to talk with the Empire from a position of no power at all. Scorned by their own people, they've reverted to letting off bombs. Not against the Empire, but against their fellow Marlinists. It's perfectly possible that the Marlinists will wipe themselves out before their neighbouring powers have finished assimilating them. So... What would Marlin Duval think? Probably something along the lines of, Oh my God, is this really the best they can do? It's probably just as well she's been dead this last 1,000 years. The Scribbling Senator does a runner. Scribbling Senator Drew Wagar is said to be unhappy with the way the galaxy is turning out. 
a bit of a traditionalist. He liked it well enough when it was all in four colours and wireframe. And so did I. It was great. But now you can get out of your ship and walk about. The wise old chronicler of the salami sausage story has decided the galaxy may not be for him after all. Rather than completing the sort of diplomatic mission that someone of his high standing might be expected to, the senator is reported to be running a holovid service from his bedroom. During his broadcast, he's heard to profess with ever-increasing pitch and desperation how much he is enjoying playing baby's first space game. <gasps> Something that some commentators doubt is entirely true. It seems possible that the Senator thinks that by pretending not to like the real galaxy and by playing games in his bedroom instead, that the galaxy might somehow magically change into something he likes better. How terribly, terribly senatorial. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we evaluate the news while wearing a silly hat. So you don't have to. We make news about computer games in our bedrooms, so you don't have to. <laughs> Thank you, Commanders Beetlejude and Weatherspoon. And now, over to the sports results from the Apology Officer. Welcome to this week's Hutton Sports Report. The Hutton Sports Report is sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third-party resource to come with a selection of random bolts and screws, which you will only find after assembly of your new pilot's chair. This week's galaxy-wide events are the Beetlejuice Supernova Sweepstake, the One Jump Beyond OAVZ SG-YD0 Pro Celebrity Shield, the Raxler's First Planetary Scan Cup, the I landed on the Thargoid Tomeworld and all I got was this lousy t-shirt and severe chemical burns trophy. And the Guardian AI Invitational. Also the I flew to Hutton Orbital in 45 minutes and here's a proof forum challenge. So now we move on to the classified results. So don't chew in the meadows as they're made from recycled Dura drives. Dill A never goes into hole M. Stay out of my light and you get double points if you hit your thumb and don't swear. The classified results are... Hang on, I can't read this, it's upside down. Oh, thanks. Zavidian, 11. Swoop Dog, 10. Light 027, 57. Montgomery Python, 24. JNX, 264. Little Biggin, 50. Argon Tineus, 38. Evan Gar, 29. Protomaniac, 79. Kinetic Impulsor, 17. I think you can get one of them at Wonders. Protomaniac, again, 591. C Pot, 151. Stenhouse Muir, 2. Stirling Albion, 3. Wraith Rovers, 1. Montrose, 3. 
Luton 154-141 Blue Bottles 2 Epsilon Indy Bourbonites 2 Dynamo LP 525-39 2 LP 5C2-81 Buccaneers 2 The Gluttonifying Invitational Whaley Sprint was called off after Sandra Bars fell off No score draw Bring back the guy from last week Right, okay So that's the end of the classified results Right You do know that's toilet paper you're printing on, don't you? Where did you get that from anyway? I thought everybody used the three seashells nowadays. Anyway, we have decals for Genix and Protomaniac. Please email itookpart at huttonorbital.com and arrange to collect your Hutton decal kit, which this week consists of a flatback decal with instructions in Danish, Chinese and German, an Allen key and some random bits of MDF. There were two Hutton runs this week, but sadly, no one is close to the record of 1 hour, 22 minutes and 20 seconds. So Commander Hardy still holds the title. Commander 270 West submitted a time of 1 hour, 23 minutes and 30 seconds, putting them in 34th place overall. Our other contender was Commander Bograt, who recorded a time of 1 hour, 24 minutes and 6 seconds, putting him in a solid 122nd place, which they shared with Commander Asylum. Could you do better? Well, I know it's hard to tell, but just think of the possibilities. Sponsorship, hollow TV interviews, masses of fans swooning every time you bite your eyelids and a half-time show in the CQC final. None of this could be yours, but look what you could win. A lovely Hutton decal. So why not go to hot.forthemark.com and download or sign up for the Hutton Helper and get your head in the game so you can get your name read out live on the wireless. Let's face it, anything has to be better than trying to read something that Commander Chicks has just typed while you're trying to do the sports report, because he's a wind-up merchant. And that's it from Hutton Sports Report. It's back to the studio. Thank you, Mia. So- yeah. Was that you typing? Uh, well, I I just noticed because it wasn't in my usual colour, so I had to do it properly. <laughs> it was it was typing as I was reading it, and I'm trying to read that and read what I was supposed to be reading at the same time. I'm going, so yeah, mission accomplished in that one. It's not the same if we don't throw a few curveballs during the the galactic softball competition. You know, I was fine up until the part where it said bring the guy back from last week, and I went, oh, I know what's happened to you. Someone's been interfering. But did anyone, by the way, before we move on, sports, sports. Sports, yes. Did anyone see the speed climbing? The speed climbing? This week. It's a new oh. Olympic sport. You know they shoot it sideways and they're really just scrambling. I know, it floor. does yeah. look like the Batman and Robin going up the side of that building. But I have to say, I don't think they touch the wall. I think they just sort of jump and wave their arms and legs around crazily. What you want to see is high G speed climbing. I'm not sure my subscription for my my my, my Olympic service lasts long enough to see <laughs> and the, the arms on this. But the, I tell I tell you what, I mean, just just watching them go up that wall on the speed climbing. I mean, the, the 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 ladies. I mean, there was one putting herself seven seconds to the top, and I swear she didn't touch a single thing on the way up. She just jumped. The last time I did something like that, one of the guys that were with us had a heart attack. <laughs> okay, well, that's put a downer on the whole conversation. Yeah, yes. that was that was. Oh, it's fine now. 
He's fine now. I mean, he still waters on about it, but he's fine. But, but uh, um, not on the wall after when he's way home. The only problem I'm finding is that because it starts at around midnight because of the time difference, I'm finding staying up way too late looking at these looking at these various sports and thinking, oh god, looking, I'm at, unfit. The various, looking at the various what sports and thinking, what oh, sports I'm unfit, yeah, Aardvarks, Aardvarks, yeah, right, move on, move on. I yes. think it's time to see what danger Amelia's up to this evening with a Galnet Res Digest. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke, reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest. We try all the galaxy's rarest and most dangerous commodities, so you don't have to. Brollies. Umbrellas. The words conjure up images of behatted men in old-fashioned suits frolicking on a wet street of elegant ladies under their parasols at the races, of outdoorsy types striding along, the ferule of their brolly tapping the ground in time with their steps. Then again, look at old photographs from the 20th and 21st century and you'll see cheap umbrellas blown inside out and even the smallest of breezes. Some poor sap standing to one side of someone carrying an oversized golfing umbrella as the drips roll off the points right down the back of their necks. Umbrellas are an artifact of a bygone era. Modern technology, weather control systems, personal protection equipment and of course the choice of where to live, especially choosing not to live in a country famous for its drivel, monsoons means that the humble brolly has been relegated to being a museum piece. Not so in one small corner of the galaxy. Eshu, the only remaining manufacturer of fine umbrellas for the discerning lady or gentleman. Their umbrellas are a status symbol, one of the trappings of wealth. Yes, on the face of it, you could have something more practical to keep the weather off your bonds or the sun out of your eyes. But to do it with style, you need an issue. They have, over centuries, refined the art of umbrella making, combined it with handcrafted perfection and added just a touch of technology to bring you the ultimate in personal protection. These umbrellas are multi-purpose. At the touch of a button, they pop into shape. Keep the rain off your wealthy, unhatted and unhelmeted noggin or protect you from even the most fierce of solar flares. It's said that an issue umbrella can even withstand a direct blast from a beam laser. Although, um, we don't recommend trying. The handle can be straight. Or the traditional curve style for nestling in the crook of your elbow. And these umbrellas don't turn inside out at the first sign of a stiff breeze. What's more, you can have yours custom made to have a little flask in the handle or shoot projectiles from the tip. You can have the ferrule made from the same materials as a navigation beacon and virtually indestructible. You can have yours monogrammed or etched and you can have any pattern you like. Want a collection of tiny little Eshu umbrellas for your next cocktail party? No problem. A giant one for your dining table on your expensive decking in your back garden. They'll make you one. 
being totally unnecessary in the modern galaxy and of course a piece of stylish frippery albeit with a data stick survival gear and a coil of monofilament rope in the handle they are monstrously expensive your one-ton cargo canister will be lucky to contain one unless we're talking about the cocktail ones most of this is packaging the wealthy broadcast unboxing videos on Galtube to show off their ostentatious precipitation prevention product. But they're nice and they're handy. Walking along, you can't help but imagine poking ruffians aside with the point. Or when your team scores at whatever popular ball sport you follow, pushing the button of your brolly to pop up and save you from a shower of warm beer passing flock of incontinent pigeons, your non-stick coated umbrella will fend off the potential bio-waste. The Galnet Rares Digest wouldn't be the same without a little danger. And there are two things to watch out for. Take your issue out in public and you're marked. Every pickpocket, footpad, thief and ne'er-do-well will have you marked for someone with a far more money and style than sense. You'll be patted down by urchins, have your digital wallet lifted in no time flat, and of course your expensive pocket watch cut from its chain as fast as you can say the immortal words, gotta pick a pocket or two. Your issue is safe thanks to the handy, indestructible wrist strap. The other danger is a little more mortal. Picture yourself walking arm in arm with your intended your umbrella swinging and tapping at your side as the two of you stride across the heathers. A spot of rain lands on you and you raise your trusty issue, pushing the button and popping the canopy over your head. What you forgot was the stiff breeze that accompanies the rain. This umbrella doesn't blow inside out. In fact, it's like a giant indestructible sail. One gust and you're ten feet off the ground. A strong wind and you're doing an impression of Dorothy House across the landscape screaming. You don't dare let go. After all, these things cost more than a sidewinder. Plus, of course, there's the plummeting and screaming and the strap that you just can't cut. Of course, the pop of these things is so powerful that if you accidentally open one in a crowd, or forget that your nearest and dearest are within eye-poking range, then you'll probably be charged with assault. Oh, and never point one at someone you don't intend to hurt, as the one you're holding is probably loaded, and you don't want your issue to go all Russian spy gear on you and land you in trouble. I'm Amelia Hawke, reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest, and I've spent the day trying to recreate that scene from Singing in the Rain, except that I'm in an orbital, and I've had to set off the sprinkler system. I'm getting all wet in style, so you don't have to. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all! Thank you very much, Amelia. So, do you live somewhere dribbly? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is an understatement. <laughs> do you know you what? See, we, you you look- put these tongue twisters in there and you don't trip over the tongue twisters. 
No, I trip over everything that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> you are Mary Poppins. You Granted, are. you're a you're a you're a bitey, angry, sweary version of Mary Poppins. You mean like from the books as opposed show. to the film? Hey, hey, it's all consensual. Yeah. She had a she had a gin habit, okay? It was <laughs> <laughs> That's the bit they don't show you in the movie, you know, the the, the odd nip of gin here or there just to keep that smile on her face. Yeah. yeah. And anywhere in Britain, if you look towards the horizon, that black cloud you see, that's us. Yeah. <laughs> right, was it red sky at night? No, black cloud in the morning. No, oh, I have no idea what the the old wives' tale is. So so these umbrellas, these are pretty special. Yes, very, very special. I mean, you fact, don't need one these no, days. I mean, you've got luxury. your spacesuit, you've got your, your fancy pants, shields and all sorts. You don't need an umbrella, do you, in the no, real world? No, not at all. Not at all. Not no. anymore, anyway. But if you're a, a posh toff... Yes. ...then is. you carry one for... It's an accoutrement. It's, you know, the kind of thing... A, 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 somebody who styles himself as a gentleman might carry, but just for the look of it. Just for the look of it, it is a pure luxury and nothing it more. Is. It is. It has no function in modern we, society at all. Are you going to suggest next we we don't need towels? No, towels? You should always have a towel. Oh, you should always have a towel. Yes. Oh yeah. And you don't need panic. A towel. And don't panic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. That's good. But, I, mean, I thought you were going to say something different from towels there for a minute. <laughs> well, I mean, but these these things are the the equivalent of the Swiss Army umbrella, aren't they? I mean, they they they, they fold out. I mean, you, you can turn them into a deck chair. You you can yep yep you can do pretty much fly anything. one you can as have a them kite. Custom designed to do anything yep. you want, pretty much. Yeah, razor blades along the edges. If you really want that, yeah, yeah. Model, yes. <laughs> they, I mean, for that kind of money, they will they'll make you an umbrella that does just about anything. I mean, you want one that spins at high speed and can carve through oak trees. They'll make yeah. you one. Yeah. You are you are looking at paying out more than the cost of a sidewinder for one of these things. <laughs> yeah, and actually, if you're further away from issue, it gets, gets more and more and more expensive the further away you get. Mainly because somebody's going to rob you of this thing before you get there. I mean, the risk involved is, is quite high. But I mean, well, um, luckily, no one is able to rob it from you because um, the the. the little strap at the end of the umbrella that attaches it to your wrist is indestructible yeah i mean they'd have to take your arm off yeah pretty much yeah and i mean you the might end up to the buck naked with all your possessions gone but at least and, and you'll have your arm. umbrella <laughs> exactly the and other thing is they don't know what attachments you've got fitted to your umbrella this is you true know, it risky, could be a self-defense weapon yeah it's a risky proposition you think I mean, oh, we... i'll go up and steal their umbrella that's worth a fortune the next thing you know they've launched a rocket at you Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit like the old Captain Caveman Club. Do you remember that thing? Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, the, the top flipped up. Yeah. There was a telephone in it. There was yeah. there was a small bird that told him off a lot. Um, there was all sorts in there. Yeah. And and these umbrellas are much the same. You pop them up and you you push buttons and and things pop out. I mean, Someone the, comes the, to the, help you. You've lasered them funnily. through the face. Then you've drilled a hole through an oak tree and you're gone. And, and funnily enough, they can be used as a club too. <laughs> well, they, yes. they can. These things don't bend. I mean, you, you can club somebody around the head, of, the head with them and they do not bend in half. Exactly. That's, that's an old lady at the wrestling kind of thing, isn't it? To batter somebody with an umbrella. Well, yeah, I mean, these... I mean, Commander Chicks could use it for fencing. I mean, you know, forget your epee or your foil. Mm. You, you twirl your moustaches and get one of these things out and people run. Yes. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, so any other of the galaxy's rare items. So if you've not been to Eshu, 
Then pop along Bless there. I mean, basically, the lots of icy planets there. I mean, there's no reason to have one there because there's no rain in Eshu. But they're obviously experts in everybody else's rain. If it's, if it's icy worlds, you might have snow. It could be. Or maybe meteorites. These things will yeah. protect you from meteorites, small ones. Yeah, only the little ones. <laughs> if I'm it's just five picturing... miles across, no umbrella in the galaxy is going to save you. <laughs> I'm just picturing at the moment the apology officer standing on one of those, you know, silicon geysers and being shot into the air and then, yes. then firing and off the umbrella do, at the doing top. Doing a Mary Poppins on the way down. Or a and then realising that there's no atmosphere and it's not yeah. going to help at all. <laughs> that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Or you can, you can get one with thrusters. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Just, it's, it's what it is, you know. Yeah, I, I suppose. But, so, so yeah, I mean, the, the, I mean, the res... In the galaxy, I mean, what determines what's a rare? I mean, I suppose they've got to be expensive, but not as expensive as gold. They're only available to buy in one place. In small quantities. In small quantities. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got to be desirable, I suppose. Yes, and always have a free zone of danger. Yes, they are all dangerous, aren't they, Amelia? Every single every rare single in the one. galaxy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There is an element of danger to everything. I mean, there's no danger in your, your standard commodities, you know, your foodstuffs or your, you know, uh, void opals. They're not dangerous. <laughs> they're not rare, are they? So. No, you can get them anywhere. Well, I mean, there was a time when they were a little rarer than they are now, but, um, I mean, they're, they're so common, they're, they're price plummeted. Anyway, well, look, um, thank you very much for bringing that one to us. Um, I'm not My sure. Pleasure. I mean, should should... I mean, is it, it? Are these umbrellas something that you should have because they're cool, or is there something is like well, only rich toffs have them, and it's just showing off? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes to both. Yes. Okay. Yes to both. Yes to both. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Right, well, look, thank you very much to the radio team and to our listener this evening. We do understand that the uh, the long-missing Dead Meat GF has turned up and apparently is apologising to himself on his behalf or something. No, I'm, I'm, I have to apologise to myself on his behalf. Anyway, um, I'm confused I think, now. I think he doesn't want to steal my thunder or step in my toes. Well, he's got very big feet. Yeah. He was yeah. asking who taught me to read. Right, well, look, thank you very much to the radio team. Thank you very much to Commander Ventura for putting the fires out in the studio um, and to the apology officer for apologising for everything. Yes. To Commander Chicks for giving us the lowdown on Hutton Space and being smooth as usual. Smooth think, with a capital smooth. From 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 West, Western Britain um, to Commander Flossie for the CGs updates and all the community news. All right, and of course for Amelia for putting herself in danger every single week. We. I'd hate to see her insurance policy. <laughs> I really yeah. would. You'd be lucky to see. It. I don't think she's got one. <laughs> Other than that, if you insurance, missed the start of this, what is this <laughs> insurance? <Yeah. laughs> oh, real danger then. Yeah. Um, or the life insurance your wife has taken out on you, um, just in case, or for when, <laughs> for when you attack yourself with an umbrella. On or... the one hand, life insurance. On the other hand, a sniper. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> a sniper with a deadly-looking umbrella. Yes. Yep. Yeah. A, a little metal ball full of ice, and that will see you off. Oh, and and um, Commander Flossie, you, you're chasing after the guy from last week. Not me. It's. Uh... Norman keeps typing that in, and I just wonder what he's on about. <laughs> oh, is there? It's probably because there's an echo in here from last week. It's a week-long echo from a previous show. Oh, right. He just keeps typing and bringing back the guy from last week. 
Oh, he probably means Palantir <laughs> instead of me because because I fluffed oh, up his I fluffed Palantir. up all his pictures and I, I broke everything. So I'm right. Norm's well, key's probably not talking to me. <laughs> anyway, well, look, that's not true. <laughs> if That's you missed true. the start of the show, it will be up on the YouTube in the next 24 hours. Just just search for Hutton Orbital on there or look for our links everywhere. Uh, if not, we will see you and talk to you next week. At what time is it next week? The usual. The usual. Half seven. About 8.30, unless you live somewhere else, and then it's... It's uh, somewhere around 8.30-ish. In fact, it's available at any time, depending on where you are. It could be one, could be two, but, yeah, depends where you are in the the galaxy. It's always Hutton time somewhere. Hutton time, yes. Uh, But also known as 1930 UTC at the moment. Yes. Yes. Um, Is that the year 1930? (laughs) (laughs) Are we all You're on the wireless. I, I say. Yes. Right. Um, we're going to bugger off now. Um, and thank you very much for tuning in. Well, we'll see you next week. Uh, please do tell us all your stories because it's your stories that make the show so fun. Um, Amelia, we have for one the more. Mug. Th- for the mug. That's premature. One more thing, eh? Yeah, that was a premature exclamation. That was a premature. Normally, when you say my name at this point, exclamation. You've managed to overrun by two minutes. I hope you're happy now. Oh, God. Two minutes. Over the point. This is messing with my cheat. And and if anybody can find it, we've managed to lose our cartographics location and identification transmitter again. Good night. Oh, I love a lot. For the mug. For the mug. For the mug. Mug. Cargo too small. The profit margins never really mattered at all. We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere. Loading up the teenagers to the brim with grass. To the sun, Swivel likes the pilot on the Xbox One. Alvin at the front, you know he leads us well. Trucking across the galaxy, now everybody yells. Father Mark, Father Mark, yeah, you know just where we're coming from. Father Mark, Father Mark, now everybody sing the Hutton Trucker song. Father Mark, Father Mark, yeah, you know just where we're coming from. Father Mark. Sing the hood and drop a song.
years to go. Cruising to Hudson, whoa, whoa, whoa. No journey too long and no cargo too small. The profit margins never really mattered at all. We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere. So shout it out loud like you don't even care. Father Mark, Father Mark. Yeah, you know just where I'm coming from. Father Mark, Father Mark. Now everybody sing the hot trucker song. Father Mark, Father Mark. Yeah, you know just where I'm coming from. Father Mark, Father Mark. Now everybody sing the hot trucker song. We are very, very sorry for all of the mishaps, all of the misbroadcasts, all of the non-broadcasts, and all of the nonsense which has happened this evening's hot news. I'm Mr. Dusty. Well, thank you very much. That was excellent. Give me your trash. Score a lot. In the my weekly newsletter. Jobs for your arts. In the bi weekly newsletter, here come paint jobs for your arts. A store alert, 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 a store Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too? Night, guys.